Are you a member of the DSO Connect community? Join us. We are a free group on Facebook for dance studio owners to connect, share ideas, inspire one another, and provide support. We help troubleshoot each other's problems and celebrate each other's successes. We have two Zoom calls every month, Coffee Chat Fridays and Wind Down Wednesdays, where we get to hang out together with fellow DSOs who really truly get it. And y'all, I can honestly say that this community is the reason why my studio has survived COVID. Without the amazing support and inspired ideas of the incredible members of this group, I'm not sure I would have made it. So if you're looking for support, connection, and judgment-free advice, join us today. Just search for DSO Connect Community on Facebook and answer the questions to join. We can't wait to meet you. Hello and welcome to the DSO Connect Podcast. I'm Casey. I'm Robin. And today we have Holly with us. Hi, Holly. Hello. How are you? I'm pretty good. I lost my voice, so I'm a little scratchy. That's (laughs) okay. Like extra sexy sounding. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And Robin, how are you? I am good. You know, just trying to adjust to the empty nest and... um, I kind of am having fun downstairs with uh, the idea of what I'm going to do with all this extra space and all these empty rooms in my house. So that's kind of fun. But I don't know about you, but whenever I go into a situation where I have to clean like a mess that was left by my sons, the first, I don't know, half an hour, I'm just enraged and I'm stressed and I'm sweating and I'm just, how did I fail my sons and not teach them how to properly clean and you know I'm just mad and Wally comes out he's like I don't know why you're so mad and I'm like look at this place it's like there's cobwebs and there's you know all these things and then you go through that phase and then about an hour later you start seeing progress and you start feeling like oh my god there's light at the end of the tunnel and then by the end of the night you're like so accomplished and it's like that space looks so good what am I gonna do all these possibilities it's a clean blank space and then your body starts creaking and then you spend a couple of hours like in a hot shower and like resting and it's like ah but anyway it's a process and I went through that whole process on Friday with one room on Saturday with another room and on Sunday with another room but anyway that's what my life has been for the last couple days a lot of cleaning yeah wow <laughs> do you have a is there a cat at the studio robin i'm sorry there are actually classes so there is um little children in the in the parent room behind oh sorry. oh my god it's, <laughs> no i was like is that did she did they bring the pooty to the studio no <laughs> no such is the life of studio owners there's always children around right yes oh absolutely how are you Oh, I am. I am good. I'm tired. The first week of classes kicked my butt, but it was really good. And then I had a wedding this weekend, so I didn't really get any chance to rest at all. So, but I officiated a wedding for the first time ever. So that was fun. Oh, that's right. I forgot you were, that was this weekend. Mm -hmm. So tell us about that. You officiated a wedding. I did. Yeah. It was my good friends, Sarah and Andrew getting married. And they asked me, Well, I offered to officiate because they were originally going to have another friend of theirs officiate, but he doesn't live in Virginia and Virginia makes it very difficult to, um, 
to go through the process of officiating, you have to go through the whole rigmarole with the courts. So I was like, oh, well, I would do that for you. And they were like, wait, for real? It's like, yeah, of course I'll do that for you. No problem. Um, and yeah, it was really fun. And so I, before the wedding, um, like a week or so before the wedding, I like sat down and interviewed them about their relationship, but like separately, I like had the groom and the bride went away and then I had the bride and the groom went away and just asked them some, some questions about their relationship. And then from that, I wrote a little speech about them and, um, and then they wrote their own vows and yeah, it was really fun. So are you able to do this in any state or only Virginia? Only Virginia, right? Well, I actually, the way that it works for, um, I think most, most Virginia courts is that you have to get, um, you have to go through the process with the courts for every wedding that you do. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> so if any listeners, any listeners in Virginia, Casey can. That's right. I can officiate your wedding and I would be happy <laughs> to do so. It was super fun. <laughs> And it was just, it was funny because after the ceremony, like during the cocktail hour, I had, um, you know, lots of people coming up to me and saying that, oh, that was such a great ceremony and it was such a nice touch. And what church are you with? And (laughs) oh, no, none. It's just me. (laughs) Now you've got a side hustle. Oh my God. Yes. The the cult of Casey. I can start a cult. That's so funny. So what are we going to talk about today with Miss Holly? Yeah, Holly, what have you got for us? We're going to talk about auditions and why we need to prepare our students for auditions. Yeah, and so a couple episodes back, we did um, talk to some college professors about preparing our students for college auditions, but this is going to be different. This is going to be auditions that maybe we're holding in studio for our dance companies or our competition teams, or also when kids go to um, conventions and maybe they need to do some auditions there. So it's going to be a, it's not the same concept as what we did before, but it's a, a different, a different vibe. Right, right, Holly? Yeah. And also, you know, some kids, like I know a couple of my students um, actually got summer jobs at like local theme parks. Um, and also, you know, not every one of your students is going to be a dance major, but I know a lot of my students have gone on to college and joined dance clubs or even the dance teams. Um, your students even have tryouts for dance teams in high school. So I think, <clears throat> sorry, <laughs> all these things, we need to sit our kids down and kind of tell them what to expect, like how they should behave kind of. And you know, then again, they're just kids. They don't know these things until we tell them. And I think sometimes we go into it thinking, oh, well, they should already know all this stuff, but they don't. So, I mean, sometimes you should take one or two classes or even, you know, a month and just sit down and kind of tell them about the process and and what they should do during the auditions and before and after and, and everything like that. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And just anecdotally, I will share that um, I remember um, sending a bunch of dancers off to auditions for summer intensives. This was a couple years ago. And one of the moms texted me on a random Sunday and she said, I just have to share. I'm so 
impressed with my daughter. She was really 13 years old. She said, um, a lot of these other kids waiting outside of the audition room are like on their phones and they're giggling and they're, you know, just eating, eating weird sugary snacks and just like all over the place. And my daughter, 13, just walked, you know, found herself a quiet corner, is stretching. She has her earbuds in and she's like stretching to like some kind of music or whatever. And she's just in her own zone. Her attire is right. Her etiquette is right. And, she, and the mom was saying, you know, thanks for teaching her that. You know, she learned that because we require our kids to audition every year for dance company. So um, it, it, it really is true. And, and you're right. They're kids. It's our job to teach them. And if we don't teach them, clearly some studios aren't teaching them. And that's why, um, you know, we're seeing the other side of that. But, uh, yeah, break it down. Don't assume that they know. Right. So, okay. So first of all, you want to start with like the basics. Um, just remind them to get a lot of sleep the night before, you know, they'll go out to late party or, you know, stay up late watching, binge watching Netflix. <laughs> um, you want to tell them to make sure to bring water and snacks. Um, like you said, not sugary foods. Uh, you don't want them to bring, bringing, you know, sugary drinks like Gatorade or Kool-Aid. Um, we always tell our girls to dress accordingly maybe even wear something or uh, put something in your hair that makes you stand out. I know a lot of our girls, like our studio colors are lime green and the girls will wear their hair back and they'll like roll up the bandana and like put it around their head and like tie it on top. But like what that does is it gets, it kind of gets you noticed because people notice, you know, something a little bit different. Um, hey, before you go to the next point, I think it's also important to teach them how to dress for different kinds of auditions. So if you're going to an audition for a pre-professional ballet summer program, you're not going to wear, you know, um, a leotard with multiple colors on it with like high French legs and, you know, tan tights. You're going to wear ballet attire and then if it's a musical theater audition of course you're not going to be wearing your hair in a bun maybe you've got a ponytail or something like that so it's important and of course a hip-hop type or a, you know a commercial type audition you're going to look completely different so it's important to dress for the specific audition that you're going to and you also want to remind them to bring all their shoes because you never know if you know somebody wants a a heel or a jazz shoe or barefoot or foot undies or whatever you have. So you always want to make sure that they're prepared with all the shoes. You also want to tell them to stand in front, you know, and we always tell our kids stand in front, but only if you know the choreography, if you, do, if you're not sure the choreography stand in the back and learn it, you know, it, it's like, you don't want those kids standing in front and then they're messing up and right away they're kind of brushed off. Right. Um, we also tell them, don't be afraid to ask questions, but not too many. Like you don't want that kid raising their hand every other time. <laughs> uh, so, but you want to ask questions and just make sure you, you don't do that too often. Uh, and you know, something else too, you always want to make sure that after class, you always want to thank the instructor. You know, I, I think we still have to always drill manners into our students. Yeah, that, that makes a huge impact. Um, you know, just walking up to the table, not too close, don't ever get too close to the audition table, but saying, you know, thank you for your time, you know, I really enjoyed that class or, or whatever, that just that those 
little tiny words, that little gesture makes a huge impact. It does. And, you know, all these things aren't just for dance auditions. They're really for like life auditions. They really are They're just different things to remember. Yeah, it's true. I was I was just going to bring that up that like a lot of this really goes for job interviews as well. I mean, you have to dress accordingly. You have to, you know, not be afraid to ask questions. You have to thank the person who's interviewing you for the time and the opportunity and like, you know, send that follow-up email um, after an interview. I don't know that like a follow-up email is necessarily appropriate in a dance audition, but just the same like etiquette type of, of considerations really apply to a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, have you ever interviewed someone and then afterwards they send you an email just saying, thank you for taking the time to meet with me? Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that little bit of a, it took how long for that person to send that email exactly. and it, it, it kind of seals them in your brain. Mm -hmm. um, rewinding to even before you get to the audition, um, I was listening to a podcast last night and um, it was about sales and they were talking about being in the car driving to your sales call. And again, this can be applied toward an audition or a job interview or anything. Um, you shouldn't be, your head needs to be in the game. You need to be preparing your head ahead of time. You shouldn't be maybe listening to a true crime podcast and getting your head all down that rabbit hole. Maybe you are, you know, listening to the style of music that you're getting ready to audition for. Or maybe you're just in silence or you're, and you're just thinking and having thoughts about the audition. You know what I mean? Like, don't expect that you're just going to walk into this new environment and turn off whatever's in your head and switch over to this new, you know, thought process. You need to kind of prime yourself and, and, you know, get your get your head in the game, you know, leading up to to all of that. Um, so I thought that was really, really good advice as well. Definitely. And I mean, a big thing is you just want to also remind them no cell phones put it away. The minute you walk into that room, that does not come out of your bag. It shouldn't even be laying on the floor. You know, I mean, in this world today, the cell phones are everywhere laying on floors and bags and, and make sure they're turned off as well. Yeah. You definitely wouldn't want to be that, that person whose cell phone rings in the middle of the audition. <laughs> um, the absolute biggest thing I think we can help our students with when it comes to audition is remembering the choreography and being able to perform it quickly. That's probably the biggest thing. Um, you know, all these other little tips we can give them to give them a little bit edge, but if they can't remember choreography and they can't retain it, then they're never going to be a success at an audition. Um, so the number one thing that I like to say is to have them learn it in chunks. And, you know, you have to actually do this in class um, teach them, you know, short combos, have them perform it, have them perform it in groups. Um, cause you know, think of it like phone numbers. The phone number is three numbers, then three numbers, then four numbers, not all the numbers together. So, you know, you, you maybe like teach one chunk and say, okay, so let's remember that chunk, then teach another chunk and then another chunk. But this is all stuff that you have to kind of keep going over with your students. And, this not only helps in auditions, but it also helps when you're doing choreography that, you know, they can remember the dances quicker and be able to perform it sooner. And I think teaching them like 
the skill of breaking it down into chunks on their own is important because not all teachers, you know, teach choreography in that way. And so we have to be able to give them the skills and the confidence to be able to think critically about the choreography that they're being taught at any given time. So that way they, they know how to divide it into chunks on their own. Yeah. And I mean, you could even suggest too, like, the first chunk could be the part of the dance that they're standing. The second chunk could be like maybe the floor work, you know, of a dance. Um, I know in our studio, we usually teach very slowly our choreography, but in our technique classes, we'll throw the short combos. And that's where, you know, we like to go over the remembering and, and performing them quickly. Yeah. And, and along those lines too, you want to start from a very young age, teaching the kids to mark along with the the teacher when they're teaching the choreography for the first time you know instead of just standing there and staring blankly even if it's a tandu combination do it with your hands or do it with your feet like you have your body doing it um because when you get to that audition they're not going to explain it seven times they're going to show it to you once or twice and then it's go time so yeah, from a very young age, I would say make it clear to these kids that when the teacher is demonstrating, they should be active, whether it's marking it with their hands or their feet or whatever, um, as opposed to just spacing out. Definitely. That, definitely. And then the younger you start, the easier it is for them to get that drilled into their muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Um, something else that we can do is also let them know that they could take music cues like different words is your cue for this step. And that also kind of helps break the choreography into chunks as well. Um, What I like to do is, especially after we have learned dances, we'll put on, I'll just fast forward music and we'll put on the music and the kids have to try to pick up that choreography at that point. Mm. And, And we'll take like a little section of class and just do that with different parts of the music. And, and that really makes them have to, listen to the music. Wow, that's good. Repetition, they need to just repeat the movement over and over and over again, even in their head. Um, Sometimes, like Robin, you said, you know, when they're learning it, that they should definitely be like marking it with the teacher. But when you get broken up into groups, and like, say the one group is going, you could still mark it. But sometimes watching also is beneficial because you're listening to the music and watching, you might see different accents to the beats that you don't normally get if you're just kind of going through the motion and thinking about the movement. Yeah. And also you could be looking at certain stylized things that other mm-hmm. auditionees are doing that really look good. Like watch the girl that's killing it or watch the guy that's killing it. And if there's, and try to, you know, if there's this, this, nuance or this kind of affectation or something that that they're doing that really stands out emulate that you know what i mean like don't watch the ones that are struggling watch the the people who are killing it and let some of their vibes seep into right because like i said and like you said sometimes you don't see those little certain things if you're just focusing on doing the movement yourself while everybody else is performing it Right, right. Um, Another thing we need to really instill in the kids is if you mess up, don't stop. Keep going. That is one of my biggest pet peeves. Um, I know sometimes we have certain students that they mess up and they're like, I want to start over again. And they can't do that. They can't do that at all when it comes to auditions. 
or even letting it appear on your face like um you know give it don't give it away on your face just keep your face looking like yeah i was right and she was wrong <laughs> right and because even though the choreographer knows that you messed up the fact that you didn't let on shows that you're going to be someone that they're probably going to want to hire for that show because everybody makes mistakes and you don't want the audience to know so they want to see can you fool the audience mm -hmm. when you make a mistake and you know that not only helps the kids with like auditions but also in their performances at recital or even mm -hmm. competition or even just in class it, it's mm -hmm. a good that's a good thing to always tell your students you could also tell them don't watch the teacher because if they're depending on the teacher to remember the choreography when that teacher steps to the side a lot of times the kids don't remember what they were doing so a good thing in class to do is when you're teaching combos try not to always dance along with them and i know it's harder because we're all dancers and we like to dance so i i know i catch myself sometimes dancing too much all the time and especially with the younger kids, I try to pull back early so that they have to remember the steps for themselves. Good. Do you also think that it's important that we ask our students to do it in um, like individually? Um, sometimes we do that. Sometimes we don't, depending on the class. Um, we might break it into shorter groups so that they can only do it with like a couple kids. And I only do it that way because you know some kids just aren't the leaders in class. And if you do it individually, it makes them feel insecure, especially if it's just a rec class and somebody's there just to dance and have fun. Yeah, good point. But a lot of times we will break it into smaller groups. And something else that we tell the kids is like, when you go to auditions, don't compare yourself to others. I remember when I was younger and I went to audition with a friend of mine and we walked in and we were young. And there were some older girls that were like stretching and they were so full of arrogance and we were so intimidated, like, oh my God, these girls are going to be so good and we're going to, you know, we're not going to look good at all. And, and then when we got to the dance floor, those girls really couldn't dance. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think a lesson that we do need to tell our kids is don't be intimidated. You want to really make sure, you know, you can have the confidence you know to be doing that and and you know you're a good dancer and you know you can kill it on the floor so don't let other people intimidate you uh something else is always take correction if they're teaching the auditions and they're giving corrections go to that part and tr make sure that you're doing it the right way because i know as a dance teacher you know and a choreographer and i'm sure you guys as well i would rather take the the dancer that is good and can take correction, then take the dancer that is awesome and doesn't take a correction at all. And you also wanna make sure that your dancers are doing the choreography they asked. There's nothing that grates on my nerves more than when you teach choreography and you have a dancer that thinks they're so good that when you say, okay, I only wanna double turn and they're trying to do four or five turns and then they're late on the next thing. So you, you always wanna tell them, make sure that you dance the choreography. You could spice it up, but do the steps that you're told to do. Yeah, you never know when the choreographer is just kind of testing. Like, is this a person I can work with? If I give a specific instruction, 
who's going to follow this specific instruction and who's going to think they know better, think they have a better idea. And so it's really because basically if you're putting on a show, you want people who are going to cooperate, do as they're told, be a team player and don't try to like take over. Definitely. Um, in class, you really want to expose them to as many styles as possible. Uh, you don't want them to be, you know, only ballet and they go to an audition where now they need to do hip hop. They need to do jazz or contemporary styles. Uh, you want to expose them in class to a lot of different styles. Make sure that they're taking all those different styles of classes. And you know what? Let's say they do go to a ballet audition and they think I'm totally set for this ballet audition because I take lots of ballet, but maybe the choreographer is looking for a little bit of a, I don't know, a little like mambo, you know, vibe in this ballet combination, you know what I mean? Or like a, it's a contemporary, you know, spin on, on this ballet choreography, but knowing Latin rhythms or jazz basics, or even like having a, a feeling comfortable, like getting down in a hip hop class or something, even if it is, because you might be thinking, well, if I'm training ballet students, they're not going to hip hop auditions. It doesn't even have to be a hip hop audition. It could be a ballet audition, but these other styles can play into different um, uh, choreography styles that they might be auditioning for. Yeah. And back to back to a prior point that you made, Holly, about taking corrections. I always tell my students it's so important i'm sure you guys you know everybody tells your students this but it's so important to listen to the corrections that the teacher is giving to other dancers as well because it might just apply to you or you might learn something from that correction and so just to you know make sure you're not zoning out or not paying attention or whatever when the teacher is giving corrections to other students is so important yeah that's a good point yeah i uh, also um, something that we also tell our students is you really want to give emotion, whether it's a jazz and you're happy with lots of facials or if it's contemporary where it's, you know, more emotional. You want to make sure that you learn the choreography and you apply those emotions right away. Um, you could do this by, like I said, teaching shorter combinations and wanting to see them perform with facials, with, you know, head, with focus, with their eye focus. It's all those things that they need to think about when they are performing it. And it's quick. Like they have to, they have to learn that quickly. I start my kids, even my youngest ones working on different emotions in class where, you know, I'll say, okay, we're going to skip across the floor, but this time I want you to skip really angry, or we're going to march across the floor, really happy. And just like, get them in the mindset from a young age, like even as young as three, that dance is communicating emotion. Yeah, exactly. Because you can't, you can't take these kids at 14 and then all of a sudden try to apply all these things at once and think that they can remember it and do it. This has to start definitely at a younger age. Yeah. And also in class, we need to be emphasizing to them that they can't save their stage presence for the moment they're on stage or at the audition. They need to be dancing full out all the time in class so that, I mean, because that in itself is a skill that needs to be practiced. It's not like a f switch that you just flip on. It's like, oh, well, I'll save it for the day of the show. No, you need to practice that every day every time you know you always have those kids that say that in class and i always tell them no because what happens is 
all of a sudden you get up on stage and you have this great big smile on and your timing is off. You forget steps, you know, because you're not used to that big smile because now mm-hmm. you're focusing on, oh, I have to smile. And mm-hmm. now your dancing is going to not be up to par. Right. Yep. It all needs to be rehearsed. Every single thing of it. Yeah. It, it, it's choreography of the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you exactly. Have to, you have to get the muscle memory going in your face too, just like you yeah. have it in the rest of your body. Yep. And I, like one more thing too, like I know I'm a very visual person. So if I have to learn choreography quickly, I try to have that picture of the teacher doing it in my head. That way I can kind of see them doing it and see it in my head and then, and then I can do it. You know what I mean? Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah. Or even, or even t- telling the steps to yourself. Sometimes that may help. One thing that I started doing um, in college in my dance program that really helped me pick up choreography quickly, because I was always like a slow, slow learner when it came to choreo. Um, but I would like assign a single syllable word or, or like a you know, phrase to each movement and then remember that. So it'd be like, you know, swoosh, flick, roll, sit, slide, you know, whatever the movement might be um, because sometimes it's faster than saying pas de beret, grand jeté, you know, like <laughs> the actual steps. So it, it works that way and it get, gets you more of a um, stylized um, phrase in your head as well. That's good. That's good. That is. And something else that you can also tell your students is to make sure to hit the sharp beats, make sure, you know, movement's sharp. Is it, you know, on the beat? Is it a softer movement? You know, it, all those accents really make a difference too. You know, accent with your head, is it sharp? When it does it whip around or is it just coming around naturally? All those things make you stick out even more um, when you're auditioning. Yeah. Understanding the different dynamics of movement is so important and having them be able to see it for themselves and then apply it to themselves without the teacher, without the choreographer necessarily telling them directly like, okay, this, you know, the quality of this movement is smooth and connected. The quality of this movement is sharp and fat, you know, like having them to be able to pick up on those things without being told explicitly is important as well. I know. Cause what choreographer loves to, you know, choreograph something and also the dancer just does it extra little like bam. And you're like, Oh, I really like that. <laughs> Right? Yeah. What about after the audition? Of course, we're going to tell them to say thank you. But when they get the results, it's important that students understand, especially if they're auditioning for like a part, as opposed to like a summer program or something. If they're auditioning for a particular part or or a position in a company, you need to, they need to not be discouraged by the word no. So if they get the result and it's no, it should not kill their spirit. You know, they have to understand sometimes they're casting angels and angels need to be a certain height because this is the size of the costumes and we only have eight of them and you were the ninth one and you just were, you know, the little bit too tall. And so it wasn't personal. It doesn't always mean you need to work hard. Of course, we always want our students to work harder on their technique, but it 
casting is not always a direct reflection of your technique or your work ethic or any of those things. Sometimes it just comes down to, did she fit in the costume? Or did she have the look that we are looking for? So I think it's important that our students also know that so that they don't get discouraged and um, feel reluctant to audition for things in the future. Another thing I would teach them is don't make excuses for yourself. You know, like, oh, I didn't get that part, but it's totally political. Um, no, be gracious and say, yeah, I, it was just not, it was an audition. I learned something and I'm getting ready for the next audition, you know? Be gracious, be the bigger person in the room. You don't have to, you know, have negative things to throw around in order to uplift your own, you know, confidence level. Just take it. There's gonna be lots and lots of no's before I get a yes. And I'm just gonna keep going out there. Try again, try again. Definitely. And I mean, like, say, for instance, you're auditioning for a dance team and you get a no. I mean, it doesn't hurt to ask, well, what do I need to work on? You know, what what can I do better? I mean, maybe there's only you're coming in as a freshman and they only had two freshman spots. So, you know, it, it, it doesn't hurt to ask. And it also show your willingness to try harder. And if you audition next year, then they might they'll remember that. That's definitely important. However, there's a fine line between asking, what can I do to improve myself and challenging the results of an audition. So we also want to explain to parents that it is never appropriate for them to email the choreographer or the director and complain that their kid has been robbed. <laughs> um, I mean, that's, that's not going to solve anything and it's only going to kind of blacklist your own your child so the parents should never challenge um, and the kids if they want to ask for you know how can I improve just make sure that it is not crossing a line in I'm challenging that or that's not true I didn't do that <laughs> right if you're gonna ask for feedback you need to receive it graciously and and don't waste their time with a huge back and forth Right. That's what I was going to say, too, is like, it doesn't need to be so many different emails sent back and forth, you know, like, what do I need to work on? Thank you for your feedback. And that's it. Yeah. And I think that in some circumstances, it's not even appropriate to ask for feedback. Like if you're auditioning for the high school play, and you just didn't get the role of Mary Poppins, you just didn't get it. Like, but, but like you said, um, if you're a freshman in college and there's two spots on the dance team and you have the opportunity to audition for it again in six months, then of course you want to know what can I do to improve, but you don't need to know what you need to do to improve to get a role in a play or a musical that's not happening again. How can I be a better Mary Poppins next time? Just go on, Susie. Just move along, Susie. <laughs> move it along, Susie. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so um, the other thing is um, teaching our family, our parents how to, and well, the students too, but at a young age, the parents have to be involved, um, teaching them about resume and headshot and that kind of etiquette. Um, we use our dance company auditions as a, you know, kind of a training session to teach parents, you know, how all of that works. You know, we talk about having starting your kids resume at a very young age and then as they you know expand past a, 
a single page, get rid of the stuff she did at three, <laughs> you know, and then get rid of the stuff she did at five and then get rid of the, get rid of the fluff. But always, every time the studio offers a masterclass with a guest teacher, make sure that you are going into your Word document and writing down, you know, in 2020, she did a master class with Casey Royer and just remember the names because if you wait until the audition time to be like, oh, what things did she do? Who was that teacher? Um, there were three teachers that came that day. Who? What were their names? How do you spell that? And that just stick it, update the Word document every time your child does something like a master class or a play or something like that. Um, also, the headshots. You know, be very careful to read the instructions. If an audition asks for a headshot, then you want to do a headshot if and not send a, a dance pose. If the if it wants a dance pose, sometimes they'll say, you know, especially for a ballet audition, um, you know, a first arabesque or a tendu a la second. Do it not in your garden. Like do it in like go to the dance studio. Make these make the studios available for your families to come in and, and take the picture or have a an opportunity for the families to do you know when you have your picture day maybe do the first arabesque and the second position a la second or whatever so that the parents have these pictures on hand. Um, I think that there are are different. Um, kinds of headshots that you would want to have for different auditions. If you're going to a ballet audition, you probably want your hair in a bun. And if you're going to a jet, you know, you might also have a hair down look, you know, for different auditions. You're not going to bring your ballet bun picture to your musical theater audition. Um, so all of those things are important that we teach the parents because those are the things that they're going to be kind of scrambling for in their kitchens on the night before the audition. We want to kind of teach them that kind of etiquette. Those are really good points. And also with the rise of virtual classes and virtual workshops, making um, your studio available for virtual auditions as well, so that your students have a place to like an, an actual space to dance for a virtual mm. audition. I had a couple of students and actually one of my staff members' daughters um, was a, did a virtual audition for a college program and asked if they could use the studio. And I was like, oh my God, yes, of course. Yeah. So, you know, just to make your families aware that that's something that you're willing to do. <laughs> yeah. And you could even have like a little... Um, a workshop where the parents and the students can come in and you can give them, you know, a little presentation of these tips, or you can create a video and you can um, let parents watch it at their own leisure. But definitely put together um, some sort of a presentation, whether it be in writing and video or in person, to help parents navigate this world because they may not know anything about auditioning, you know? And there's lots of little etiquette things for parents as well. Like when you get to the audition, let your child walk up to the registration table. I mean, obviously, if they're five, maybe not. But if they're, you know, nine years old, they can certainly walk up to the table by themselves and say, hi, my name is Susie. I'm here to audition. Here's my thing. And they get the don't hover, don't micromanage. They want to see kids that are independent um, who aren't, you know, under the wing of their mom. You don't want, I know that especially if you are auditioning children, you, the the panel is probably eyeballing the parent. Do I want to work with that parent? 
do I do I need is that a helicopter mom is that someone I want to work with for the next you know six weeks for this production so there's so many things that we can teach our families um, you know, outside of what we do in the classroom with the kids. Yeah. And we think a lot of this stuff is common sense, but it's, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, at this level, it's basically, I think we're talking mostly for auditions in like the high school. And personally, I think the parents shouldn't be involved at all. Mm. You know, if, if the child has a question, they should be the one to ask it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. Um, one, one quick thing, um, just going back to, the different styles of dance to teach your kids. Um, don't forget improv. A lot of auditions ask for improv and you want your, make sure your dancers are very comfortable being able to do improv. That was, and you know, I hate to go back to a college audition scenario again. That's not what we were supposed to be talking about today, but <laughs> I will say that in my college audition, personally, the improv section is, is where I felt the most confident. And I think that being able to move in a, you know, confident and unique way that wasn't just like Tom Bay Potterbrigley saw Soda Shaw across the floor five times was, you know, probably something that gave me a leg up, so to speak. <laughs> My last point that I'll make is use your company auditions or your dance competition team auditions as a, a way to think of them as a training session that you make your kids kind of go through this every year. And at our studio, you know, we don't invite students to audition for our company if we aren't going to accept them, mm -hmm. accept our top company. Because at that point, it's like, you need to understand that sometimes it's going to be no. So you can decide for yourself what the, um, the level of acceptance and rejection risk is going to be for your own, your own um, comfort zone. But we make the kids you know, kind of go through this motion every year they have to re-audition, every year they have to re-audition. And at some point they realize, okay, I got an invitation to audition for Ensemble. I'm going to get in. But we're still looking at them and we're still expecting them to behave in a certain way and go through the motions and wear the right clothes and wear the right hair and, you know, be on their best behavior. And what they're really vying for is their placement in the company. So there, you know, there, there is something at stake for them. But we're also teaching the parents how how to do this. Yeah, while the students are dancing, you can have the parents in another room and talk to them about their responsibilities. That's brilliant. That's brilliant because you know the parents, you know, have to drop the kids off. You could do your little um, presentation or your meeting while the kids are upstairs auditioning. Or I say upstairs because that's how it is in my studio. In the other room auditioning, you could have a parent meeting in another room and um, kind of explain to them what's happening. That's, that's a great idea. I might do that. With our competition team, we also do the auditions every year. And we don't, other than our, like, basically our new mini class, they get the invite, but anybody can come try out. Mm. And we do say no to people too. So, but you know, it's so funny because we even have some of like our best dancers. We hear the chatter and they're like, I'm so scared. Do you think I'm going to make it? <laughs> I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> but it's good because if they it don't is. care, then yeah. that I take note of that. You don't care about this audition? Noted. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, thanks, Holly. That was some really good information. And I'm sure that our listeners can um, 
take and tweak and mold into their own programs and um, hopefully as a result of listening to this we'll have better kids at auditions in general yeah well thanks for having me on yeah thanks for being here that was awesome all right holly what's your heart happy moment this week oh being back at the studio again it was our first week back and just seeing everybody excited and happy to be back in class Nice. That's awesome. Robin, how about you? Um, I'll be really brief, but we had one leg of our fall tour, which was called the New Freedom Fest. Our town is called New Freedom. Um, Two weeks ago, they canceled the fest because of COVID concerns. And there was an uproar in our town and like half the people, you know, in any situations, like half the people think this way, half the people think that way. So of course, the people who um, didn't think that the event should be canceled were quite vocal and a new gym in town called freedom fitness had a freedom fest it was basically a vendor thing in their parking lot and we went and performed and um but it it kind of turned into this um i don't know a statement of you know we're not gonna be afraid and we're not going to back down and we're not going to cancel things because we heard something on the news that scared us or whatever. And it was really a nice um, coming together of people in the community that it it just added this whole new layer of the the festival. The kids danced really well. Um, The parents were very grateful that we scrambled and um, found another opportunity for them to perform because we make them per, uh, come to three weeks of intensives in the summer to prepare for these performances and now all of a sudden it's like oh guess what you're not performing twice you're only performing you know so the parents were very grateful that we scrambled to do it and um it was just a lot a little love fest it was great so that was a good thing nice how about you casey um i have two i think officiating the wedding was definitely a highlight for me. That was really fun. And I was, you know, truly honored to be able to do that for my friends. So that was definitely a a heart happy moment for sure. But also like Holly said, I, you know, I started my first week back of classes and just having kids back in the studios and seeing so many new faces and seeing a lot of returning faces, students who didn't dance this past season due to COVID but now they're back in the studio and they're bigger and older and, you know, all that kind of reunion feeling has been really, really nice. So, yeah. Yeah. That does feel really good. We had a, we had our first week as well. And um, yeah, that's my number two heart happy. (laughs) Same. Awesome. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and to join our Patreon to support the podcast. And we will be back next week with another episode of the DSO Connect podcast. Bye. 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 Bye.